When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Avalanche Canucks, Hurricanes, Coyotes face off in about an hour in the NHL. Earlier today in Finland, it was the Panthers beating the Jets 4-2. Oilers will play the Panthers on their upcoming four-game road trip. Starts tomorrow in Detroit. Oil Kings in Regina. That game just getting underway. The Oilers have activated Ty Ratty off injured reserve. They have sent Evan Bouchard down to London of the OHL. He played seven games. Cooper Marodi goes to Bakersfield, and defenseman Kevin Gravel comes up. Jason Garrison got a big goal last night for the Oilers. I, I think Kevin Gravel probably a better option most nights. I think he's just a little steadier, probably better on the PK. Garrison, as he proved yesterday, though, can still fire the puck and maybe help out the power play occasionally, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if Gravel winds up playing more here as the season goes along. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on that, and I, uh, if you missed this earlier, I know some people have said, why not Ethan Bear? Well, Ethan Bear, a little bit of an injury, has not played for Bakersfield since October 13th. He's only played two games this season. He is expected to return tomorrow when Bakersfield takes on the Texas Stars. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You know, the Eskimo season went down the tubes. Well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were hovering on the edge of the same tube, but they were able to pull it together, go on a run, and clinch a playoff spot in large part because of the play of their quarterback, former Eskimo Matt Nichols. Dave Campbell had this conversation with Matt. Matt, it's nice to have you back on the uh, 630 Chet Airwaves, and uh, you're coming to town on Saturday in a game. I know, I know people label it as meaningless, and I know you can't, you can't move up, you can't move down. Uh, the Eskimos are out of the playoffs, but is there any such thing as a, a meaningless game? No, not. I mean, not at the professional level. Uh, there's so many things to, to play for. Always, uh, you know, for us is continuing our momentum into the playoffs, and they don't want to limp across the finish line. Want to finish on a high note. Um, you know, fully understand. You know, the pride that you know the Eskimos have over there. I mean, I've been in that locker room, and I know that you know they've been practicing hard all week and coming out and want to finish their season off on a high note. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a extremely meaningful game, especially. You know, if there's you know multiple guys on the field that are getting some you know added playing time because of the situation on both sides of the ball, I mean those guys are playing for future jobs, and I mean, there's always so much at stake. You know, even though you know the average fan sees it as a, you know might see it as a meaningless game, uh, I mean it's going to be a lot of guys competing out there, and it's going to be good football. 
I think Andrew Harris, uh, I remember, uh, I think I heard a quote from him saying, we just got to keep the winning attitude rolling here. You don't want to you want to come out with a lackluster performance, uh, you know, a game before the playoffs. You, you want to stay hot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, momentum is a huge thing. Um, obviously, a loss in this game is still, you know, a little bit different than, you know, had we lost last week, obviously. And so, I mean, they they weighed a little bit differently, but at the same time, I mean, as professional athletes, you pour everything into it, and uh, you know you want to you know, have that reward of celebrating with your teammates at the end of the night. And I know that they feel the same way, which obviously makes for uh, you know a good competitive game, and and you know, that's fully what I expect it to be. And you know, like I said, I mean, for us, we would love to finish with another win, and, and you know, cruising the playoffs on a six-game win streak. You know, sounds pretty good and um so i mean we're, we're we're coming over there to to try and win a football game against a team like i said that's going to be out there competing trying to win win a game and finish off their season on a strong note yeah for sure and uh, i don't know how much you're going to play i don't know if you even know if how much you're going to play but uh whether you play or whether you get the rest i guess it's maybe it's a win-win for you right if you play you get to play more because everyone want you know people like you uh, especially at the quarterback position want to play but if you get some rest uh that's not a bad thing either i guess yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it still remains to be seen. I'm, I've been preparing all week as if I'm playing the whole game, and you know, once they tell me you're done or or whatever, I mean, I'll, I'm you know, going to be the biggest cheerleader on the sidelines, staying locked in, helping my young guys out, and uh, um, you know, we'll see how that all plays out. But overall, you know, just treating it like any other game, uh, preparing to go over and play well, and um, I'm trying to win a football game. Joined by Winnipeg Blue Bombers starting quarterback Matt Nichols here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Eskimos and Bombers tomorrow night here on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, or tomorrow afternoon, I should say. Uh, 2 o'clock is the kickoff. 12.30 is uh, the uh, countdown to kickoff here on 630 Chet. Also, please bring a, uh, an un- a new unwrapped toy for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous as uh, we're kicking off the campaign uh, tomorrow as well. Okay, your, your season has been like, wow. It's, you know, I think for, as a team and, and for yourself personally, and and for you, you got hurt in camp, uh, or I believe first week of the season. No, I think it was in camp you got hurt. Um, and then yeah, a couple of days before the first game. That's right. That's oh. right. That big, long, long game against the Eskimos when the Lightning didn't yeah. seem to want to leave uh, very quickly at uh, at Investors Group Field. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you came back. You got on a bit of a roll. Then you had a little bit of a lull. You had a four-game losing streak. Now you're on a five-game winning streak. Uh, football seasons can be crazy, but have you? experienced a, a football season as bizarre and crazy as this one? No, I mean, not for me personally. Um, you know, a lot of team up and downs, a lot of personal up and downs, and uh, yeah, I think it just speaks to the character of of the guys in our in our building that, uh, you know, I think, you know, when I came back, uh, I think we went four out of five uh, wins, and then, uh, you know, a four-game losing streak, and then a five-game winning streak. You know, actually, I think it's probably pretty similar to and what Edmonton went through last year with, I think, seven wins and then six losses and then finished the season with a bunch of wins and beat us in the playoffs and we're a couple of plays away from going to the Grey Cup. So uh, it's, a, it's a crazy league, and a lot of it's, you know, the talent level across the league is, is pretty on par from team to team. I mean, it just comes down to the teams that uh, you know, kind of figure it out as a team and, and uh, do all the right things at the right times, and that's what we've been able to do. And, you know, I, I just think that it's just kind of – you know, all 
all fine and dandy, but if you don't continue that through the playoffs, it's all for naught. And so for us, it's you know, not resting on what we've done down this final stretch. It's you know, finding out what we need to do next to, to get over that hump and win some playoff games. A simple question here. So why is this team playing better uh, during this five-game win streak uh, compared to the four-game losing streak? And um, is it been, you know, turnovers? What's it been as far as your concern from your vantage point? Uh, why is this team playing much better football compared to th- that middle part of the season? I mean, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of things. I think that, you know, Coach O'Shea did a great job of just, you know, blocking out all the noise and keeping the guys together and, um, you know, not listening to, to outside pressures or anything. I mean, we just kind of stuck, you know, stayed the course and understood that we had a good football team. And we had a bye week that came at a good time where we could kind of just stop that negative momentum and come back and make a decision to play better as a team. Offense, we started making more plays, started taking care of the football better. Defense started taking away the ball more. I mean, it was just kind of all phases that made that decision that that four game losing streak isn't who we are. And, um, I think it, you know, again, it just speaks to kind of the the character of the guys in, in our building, and uh, you know, couldn't be more proud of how everyone's responded during a time where it would have been easy to just kind of, uh, you know, call it quits and uh, limp to the end of the season. But you know, guys uh, turned it around, and you know, couldn't be more proud of my teammates. Bombers starting quarterback Matt Nichols joining us here on 6:30. Chat Inside Sports. Uh, so you don't know who your opponent is yet, and I know you know you probably want to talk more about that game when uh, when this game is over here uh, tomorrow uh, against the Eskimos. But uh, you either are going to go to to Calgary or you're either going to go to Regina. Um, you've won in that stadium in uh, in, Mo- in New Mosaic, and you've beat the the Stampeders recently. Um, is the confidence level high that you know where, wherever you go, you know you can beat that team? Yeah, it is, and uh, you know, in a strange way, I feel like the the personality of this team is, um, you know, very uh, embracing of what that challenge presents for us. I mean, going to two hostile environments against uh, you know two the two best records in the league. I mean, regardless of where we go first, you know, you got to play them both if you want to get to that final goal of uh, you know getting back to playing in Edmonton later this year. And um, you know, so for us, it's just understanding that. You know, we obviously have beaten both of these teams, and you know neither time it was easy. It was you know just coming out and you know doing what we were supposed to do and making plays and and not making mistakes. And you know it really just comes down to that. I mean that's what playoff football is, anyways. And we do feel like we've been playing playoff football for the last five or six weeks now, which is nice for us because you know you don't have to all of a sudden crank it up because now it's the playoffs. We feel like we've played in a lot of playoff games. I mean that the game last week against Calgary felt as much like a playoff game as, as any playoff game I've played in because you know, especially for us since of urgency of not making it go to this week against you know, I think Edmonton's always a dangerous team and especially playing in Commonwealth. I mean, that was not a situation we wanted to put ourselves in and uh for the guys to go out there and, and get it done a week early, uh I think just builds that confidence and, and we feel like we can we can play with anyone as long as we do what we're supposed to do. Finally, and uh, okay, maybe some Eskimo fans were a little little mad at you and the Bombers for beating the Calgary Stampeders, but I think people were upset more that the, that the Calgary Stampeders uh, couldn't do their rivals a favor. And I guess maybe that's the lesson here: is don't leave your playoff fate up to your rivals. And 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 the Eskimos, unfortunately, they're they're going to miss the playoffs. So um, you know, like, like you said, you've played 
in Edmonton for many, many years. You know a lot of players in that locker room. You especially know Mike Riley, uh, your former teammate and your former, by the way, EA Sports uh, NHL uh, uh, teammate as well. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> how long ago did you play? Uh, which EA Sports version did, did you play together? Man, that must have been the like 14, 15 or something. Like that? Yeah. Season. yeah, 2014 season. So it must have been NHL 15. Okay, was was would he pass you the puck? Oh yeah, we. Uh, I mean, we had great chemistry. Uh, uh, I don't think we. I don't think we were running anything remotely close to what a real hockey play would be. But I mean, we were we were getting down the ice and pretty much just a fast break team. So you're out of the box thinking here. So th- this is good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think both of us have really gained a huge appreciation for hockey in our time in Canada. And yeah. you know, I've, I know I've become a big, big fan of it in the last few years, especially um, you know, here in Winnipeg. I've gotten to go to a lot more games and uh, you, know, it's, you know, going to watch a, a great competitive team also has been a lot of fun here in Winnipeg. And um, I mean, I've, I've definitely grown to enjoy the sport way more than I ever thought I would growing up in California. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I kind of went off a bit of a tangent there, but uh, uh, I wanted to talk to you about that as well with uh, with you and Mike Riley playing the EA Sports NHL game. But you know Mike Riley, you know J.C. Sherritt, you know a lot of guys in that locker room, but especially for Mike, I mean, you probably know how hard this is going to be for him to, uh, you know, for a guy who's as ultra-competitive as he is, it's going to be kind of weird yeah. not to see him in the playoffs this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh uh, I think it just speaks to how competitive the season was, especially in the West. And um, like I said, I mean, I think that regardless of what their their record is and being left out of the playoffs, you know, I knew in my mind we we couldn't leave it up to to this week because uh, you know it would have been a a toss up game. I mean, they're they're as good as anyone, and uh, you know some of the chips just didn't fall their way. And um, you know, it's unfortunate that a good team has to be left out of the playoffs, but that's kind of the the world we live in. And uh, especially in the West Division. I mean, it's uh, it was a, a crazy year, and felt like you just right when you kind of knew what was going on, you know, it just it flipped, and uh, uh, you just kind of had to keep that foot on the pedal. And you know, luckily, we were we were able to do that. Well, up to this point, uh, congratulations on the season. There's a lot more work to be done. Um, we, it's nice to have you back on the airways here on 6:30, Chad Matt. So, uh, thank you so much, and all the best in the uh, postseason. I appreciate it. Thank you. That is Matt Nichols, quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, in conversation with Dave Campbell. Playoffs are going to be interesting. BC's looking good. Winnipeg has come on. Saskatchewan still has a chance to get first ahead of Calgary. Will the Stampeders be able to put it back together? They've struggled in the final third of the season. Unfortunately, the Eskimos story, though, will not include any playoff chapters this year. It is 7-19. We're coming right back. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. I got to get this in here. Last night on the Faceoff show in Studio 99, we had Ken Lowe on. Rob Brown and I talked to him. Ken, of course, longtime head medical trainer, first for the Eskimos and then for the Oilers. He was uh, with the Eskimos for their final cup of five in a row for the cup in 87, and he said Dan Kepley, a pain threshold 
that bordered on insanity. My rookie season, okay, he collides with uh, Marco Sinkar, and I run out there, and and, and Marco's getting uh, get a little dazed, and, and Danny pops up, and he says to me, go see Marco, go see Marco. So I go see Marco, he's fine. I go back to Danny, and, and, and I'm okay, don't worry. And he would call me kid, my rookie season, kid, kid, I'm okay, kid, I'm okay. The next morning he walks in, everyone is out on the field ready to go. He walks in, he says, hey kid, I got a little problem. Couldn't lift his arm. He got dressed, he was going out there. I said, you can't go out there. No, I go out, okay? He went out to practice, nice went ran over to Hugh Campbell. I said, Hugh Campbell lift his, lift his shoulder. She walked over to him. Top. So he practiced, okay, not being able to lift his shoulder. We played our first exhibition game that night, the next night in BC. And I'll always remember him come up to me and go, kid, I don't miss games. And I said, Danny, you can't even lift your arm up. What do you mean you can't make? No, no, you're not listening to me, kid. I don't miss games. Okay. Uh, he had dislocated his shoulder the day before. Never said anything to me. Okay. The shoulder came out about seven or eight times the rest of the season. His teammates would come to me and go, Dan dislocated his shoulder again. I said, I know. When I send the doctor to him, they say, he says there's nothing wrong with him. When Dr. Cameron operated him at the end of the season after the Great Cup, Dr. Cameron remembers saying, when they put him under, the shoulder fell out of the joint. That's how loose <laughs> He never would say anything. Another story about him is that his last towards, towards the end of his career, when he had his knee, you know, he had problems with his knee. And the coaching staff came in to me and said, so, so what do you think with Danny? Could we, you know, if, and, and both Doc Cherry and I said, you know, if we give him time, just give him simple time, a couple weeks, you know, we'd probably make it better. Hugh Campbell looked at Doc Cherry and I said, okay, you tell him. He walked out. <laughs> and those are no exaggerations. Hugh Campbell never won a game that Danny Kepley wasn't dressed for. That was some great stuff there from Ken Lowe. You can get the full interview on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. The Oilers in Detroit tomorrow. We'll have it for you at 5 o'clock after the conclusion of our Eskimos broadcast. Ty Ratty has been activated off injured reserve. The Oilers did not practice today, so we don't have any uh, information on if there might be uh, new line combinations or anything like that. Evan Bouchard, promising defenseman, has been sent back to London of the Ontario Hockey League. Kevin Gravel called up from the farm. Cooper Moreau sent down and again more on that on 630chet.com big comeback for the flames last night and could our buddies to the south be getting the olympics once again pat steinberg check another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. from Calgary when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Another field goal for Lewis Ward. Ottawa leads Toronto 17-9 in the third quarter in the CFL. Oil Kings in a Regina, no score after the first period. NHL, two games coming up in half an hour. Avalanche at Canucks, Hurricanes at Arizona. Earlier in Finland, the Panthers knock off the Jets 4 
two. Raptors are 7-1 and one in Phoenix tonight. That game starts at 8, and I mentioned the Oilers notes there. Raddy activated, Gravel called up, Marodi sent to Bakersfield, and Bouchard goes to London of the Ontario Hockey League. You can get more on those transactions and on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I am pleased to welcome back to the program my good friend from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. It is Pat Steinberg. Hi, Pat. Hi, Reed. Is, is that uh, is that 476 consecutive field goals for Lewis Ward? Yeah, I've lost track. Yeah, it's, it's been quite the year. How about that guy never drafted, wa- go, goes to the University of Ottawa, and then just walks out of the Red Blacks and now is the best kicker in CFL history? It's been the most unbelievable story ever. I'm just glad he wasn't nominated for MOP. Yeah, that's probably. You know what? If a kicker, <laughs> I will uh, I will quit radio if a kicker ever wins most outstanding player. It happened in 1982 in the National Football League. Yeah, it can't happen again, right? It just can't happen. How, well, the, how the, guys... the BC Lions nominated Ty Long as their MOP. Like, give I me a break. That. Like, How are you guys uh, How are you guys dealing with with no uh, with no playoffs for the Eskimos? Well, it's bad. People are upset, and they should be. I mean, the team was say, here's a stat for you that you're allowed to use. Since the CFL went to an 18-game schedule in the mid-'80s, there have been 57 teams to start the season 6-3. and Two of them have missed the playoffs. The 2014 Bombers, who finished 1-8, and and this year's Eskimos, who are either going to finish 2-7 and or 3-6. and So there you go. It doesn't happen a lot. Hey, uh, we got a lot to catch on uh, with you here. We still got to get in our 630 Chet MVP coming up tonight. Mika Boltstein, an 8-year-old super athlete. She was featured on global television earlier this week. Uh, Both the Oilers and Flames now have three-goal third-period comebacks the season's not even a month old. Oilers did it in Winnipeg. Flames were down 4-1 last night to Colorado. How'd they win 6-5? Uh, they won 6-5 because both times the Flames played Colorado this year, the Avalanche decided to resemble a bad American Hockey League squad. Like, I, I don't, like, I've watched the Avalanche on TV. I've watched them play a few times this year. Every time they play, like, oh, good team. Like Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Ranton. I'm like, these guys are good. They go up against the Flames, and they are straight garbage. Uh, they played them in Colorado on October 13th and then last night, and in both games for about 45 minutes to maybe last night all 60, half of the Avalanche strategy was please don't score on us. It was very strange. Um, last night they fell down 4-1 because Mike Smith was no good. He let in two softies and fought the puck all night long. And that was the biggest reason why the Flames were down 4-1 after 40 minutes of play. The reason they came back is because they didn't change anything. The final high-danger scoring chances at natural Statric were 21-9 in favor of Calgary. They were a 70% possession team almost by the end of that game. They were better in the first period when it was scoreless. They were better in the second period when the Avalanche were up 4-1. And they were better in the third period when they scored those five goals. So... For me, it was the Flames not really changing anything. And they bailed out their goaltender, who had a really, really poor game, and he's had a tough start to the season. I would say Mike Smith has fought the puck in more games than not so far this year. But every once in a while, you got to bail out your goaltenders. So it was a big win. Here's the craziest part. Reed, remember when you and I did, did uh, chats four years ago during that 14-15 season for the Flames where they had all those comeback wins? Yep. They were the, the Cinderella. The Flames in 14 games have already won four times when trailing after 40 minutes of play. So 
they're they're back into that form. The only difference is four years ago they had no business winning those games. This year they're a pretty decent team and and they've deserved to win some of these games even though they've transpired late. All right. We should talk about football as well. The Stampeders have to win at BC tomorrow to clinch first in the West. The late season games for the Stampeders the last two years weren't very interesting. They were coasting, but then they lost the Grey Cup both years. They have now dropped three in a row, losing to BC, Saskatchewan, and then Winnipeg last week. I know they have a lot of injuries. Is it? Is it uh, I don't want to use the term going off the rails because I still feel like they're a really awesome team, but all of a sudden uh, they, they people aren't looking at, at the Stampeders as a favorite at all anymore. What's going to happen with them? Well, here's the thing. This is the most important regular season game the Calgary Stampeders have played in ages. The last time, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, the quarterback down here, does a show on our station every week. And so I was chatting with him, and we're trying to think, when's the last time the Stampeders played like a meaningful, meaningful regular season game like this? And the last time that we could really think of was 2015, the last time the S won the, the Grey Cup. And remember, week 20, the final weekend, it's week 21 now, but week 20, then the Eskimos and the Stampeders both had a shot at winning the West Division. And the Stamps had to win to have a chance, and the Eskimos, if they won, they would have wrapped up. Well, the Stamps did their part, the Eskimos also did their part, and the Eskimos won the West Division. But it's the last time the Stampeders played a Week 20 or Week 21 game with this much importance. So the, this, this is a Stampeders team that people are nervous down here. They have got a complete... You take a look at their group of receivers at the beginning of the year and the group of the receivers right now. It is not a little different. It's not half different. It is totally different. Reggie Bagleton and Kamar Jordan and Devaris Daniels and Mark and Michelle, all these guys are hurt and done and likely aren't coming back for the season. And now Eric Rogers, who was the one mainstay, Eric Rogers isn't going to play this week. He's on the one-game injured list. So you're talking about guys like... Jawan Breskison, who's a great, he's a great kind of utility receiver. Uh, he's in an elevated role. Marquis Ambles is a really nice player, but he's playing in an elevated role. Chris Matthews has got a ridiculous skill set. We've seen what he can do in this league, but Matthews has only been back in the CFL for a few weeks. Same thing with Bakari Grant, who's going to play tomorrow. Wow. So they've got all these injuries. The receiving core is so much different from the beginning of the year, and, and it's wreaked havoc on them. And then defensive issues in terms of injuries. Stampeders fans are nervous going into this game. I still think the Stampeders find a way to win because BC's got nothing to play for. Yes, you can talk about they want to win for Wally and they want to finish off strong and all that type of stuff. But the Stampeders, this is as close to a must-win in a non-playoff game that you can get. And I and the Stampeders will still find a way. I just don't know how confident people are in the Stamps going into their playoff game, whether it's a home game against Winnipeg in the semifinal or a home game against Saskatchewan or Winnipeg in the West final. I I just don't know if there is a ton of confidence that this is the group that's going to win a great cup. If you talk to me in week 10 or week 14, it would have been a different story. In week 21, yeah, I can understand why people are nervous. Well, I, I think that they, like you said, I think they will win tomorrow because it means nothing for BC. Uh, if they got to play the Riders... I hate. I mean, I picked the Riders before the season. And I said about Saskatchewan, they will not finish first in the West, but they will get better as the season goes on. I just didn't think Calgary... Yeah, I just didn't think... I mean, the injuries to Calgary is, is, you know, that's like a once-every-20-year injury bug biting the receiving core like that. So that's been tough for them. Hey, the Olympics are still alive in Calgary. 
uh, for yeah. 2026. I mean, like Wednesday was it Wednesday was crazy. Like it, it looked like it was over, and now it's not over. But in a couple weeks, it still could could be over. Like you said, it's kind of the summary. Okay, let, let me let me go through this. And our our mutual friend Mark Strashik, has, uh, he works at our news station down here. He has uh, really helped me in trying to understand the political side of this. So this is the best way that I can sum it up. So on Tuesday. The Olympic Committee, there's 14 city councillors and a mayor in Calgary, right? So the, four, the, the Olympic Committee is made up of the 14 city councillors. So they met on Tuesday when it was recommended by the Olympic Committee, which is made up of all the city councillors, that they should recommend cancelling the bid. So they voted to vote again. So they, all, they voted 14 to nothing to vote again the next day. So then on Wednesday, in the actual city council meeting, all 14 of the same councillors who voted 14 nothing to vote again, now with the mayor involved, it was an 8-7 vote. So now we're talking about 8-7. They needed 10 to go yes to kill it, only 8. So that means that our plebiscite, which is 10 days away, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, our plebiscite is going forward. So on Tuesday, November 13th, Calgarians will go to the polls and they will decide whether or not they want to continue the bid for the 2026 Olympics. It's a non-binding plebiscite right now, but the important thing is that the plebiscite does have implications. The federal funding, which could be up as high as $1.75 billion, and the provincial funding, which is steady at $700 million, both are contingent on the city of Calgary voting yes in this plebiscite. So, you know, there's an Alberta audience. We're in Edmonton. Like, yeah, okay, most taxpayer money is going to come from Calgarians, but some of it, the next is going to come from Albertans and then Canadians. So this is this is a really bizarre thing, and there is a huge, huge divide among people who want it. People Like, this, if you have scoured Calgary social media in the last 48, 72 hours, you would either think, that this is the greatest Olympic deal that has ever happened, and basically Calgary's getting the Olympics for free, and we're all going to get $25,000 in our pockets because the Olympics getting here. On one side, that's the type of propaganda that's being skewed. On the other side, if you if you were to go and, and you know search a couple hashtags, you'd find out that, well, you know what? Every Calgarian not only is going to lose $42,000 for the next 10 years, but they're also going to lose their firstborn child, and we're going to take your vehicle. Like, it's... It, like the, the the divide on either side is insane, and the the problem for me, a Calgarian, born and raised Calgarian, who is an undecided voter right now, is a, I'm having a really hard time in trying to figure out what is is fun and what is actual fact. On our show, we had John Furlong on today, uh, who is the he was the CEO a, yeah. of Vanock, and and he came on with with us for about 25 minutes today. It was a really interesting conversation. He's very clearly pro Olympics. But, you know, I, I asked them some of these questions like, okay, you know, you talk about cost overruns. Some people say that every Olympics goes over by 4 or $5 billion. And people say that Vancouver went over by 4 or $5 billion. But he says that, no, they were on budget, in fact, made money on it. And, and the, a lot of the stuff that was, quote, unquote, over budget wasn't Olympic cost. These are the things that are really difficult to sift through right now if, if you're a Calgarian voting. So it's going to be a very interesting next nine or ten days. And I, I honestly read have no gut feel as to what this city is going to vote on November 13th. Okay, and you mentioned it's a non-binding plebiscite anyway, but when does the city actually have to decide firm date whether or not they're going to bid? What's that? When when do they actually have to decide firmly whether or not they're bidding? Oh, I believe it's in February. It's early next year, okay. Yeah, because seven years in advance, right? Yeah, okay. But but do not quote, 
like you're talking to a sports guy who has un, unknowingly and uh, very involuntarily dipped his foot into politics. I hate it. It's like you when when the when the arena process was going on. You didn't want to talk about that garbage, but it, it wades over into sports. <laughs> so you had to. I don't want to be talking about this. I want to talk about the Flames and the Oilers fighting for a playoff spot. I want to talk about how the Flames are going to shut down Connor McDavid. I want to talk about you know who's going to add secondary scoring on the Oilers. That's what I want to talk. about. I don't want to talk about who's paying tax. No, I hate this stuff, but we have to, and you have to research yourself. <laughs> but yes, if any of my information is in, invalid, please just remember I'm a sports guy and not smart well you're also a gentleman and very generous with your time pat thanks for the update from down the highway buddy we will talk soon i love you all right that is he actually he actually does love me it's quite sweet that's pat steinberg from sportsnet 960 in calgary some guests on inside sports get gift certificates to northern chicken check them out online northchickenyeg.com visit them in person. What a great spot. 124th Street, 107th Avenue. We will meet this week's 630 Ched MVP. She is eight years old and she's awesome. This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hey, every week the 630 Chad MVP is presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. They're also featured on Global News every Tuesday. You can find the video on the MVP section on 630Ched.com and you can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com. And this week's 630 Chad MVP is Mika Boltstein. Hi Mika, my name is Reed. How are you? Good. And I believe we have Mika's mom, Jennifer, as well. Hi, Jennifer. How's it going? Hi, how are you? Doing great. Mika, how old are you? I'm eight years old, turning nine in November. Awesome. Can you tell me what sports you play? I do synchronized swimming, hockey, and dancing. Synchronized swimming, hockey, and dancing. Well, that sounds pretty cool. What do you like about synchronized swimming? Well... I get to swim and listen to the counts. Swim and listen to the counts, okay. Now, hockey's pretty different from synchronized swimming. How come you like hockey? Because I get to be really aggressive and get in the battle. Oh, wow. Jennifer, did you know your your kid has a bit of a, a Milan Lucic streak in her? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she does. She, uh, she likes those battles against the boards, getting that puck from the other team. All right, and you also do dance. Now, is this competitive dancing, Mika? Yes. So how does, how does this work? What kind of stuff do you do when you dance? Well, I do ballet, jazz, lyrical, tap, hip-hop, acro, and I think that's about it. <laughs> okay. Well, Jennifer, it sounds like you have a, a pretty uh, a busy young lady here. Uh, how do you how do you manage her schedule and her friends and her schoolwork and all that other stuff? Well, there's a lot of homework done in the mornings. There's lots of scheduling between me and her dad and driving. There's a lot of eating supper in the car in between activities because sometimes she goes to two or three things in one day. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Mika, do, are you, do you do any other sports, or are those the three main ones that you do? They're the three main ones. Okay. And do you like watching any sports? Do you have a favorite team or a favorite player? 
for hockey. Yeah. The Oilers. And who's your favorite player? Connor McDavid. Well, okay, that's a good answer. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Jennifer, no, um, I'll put you on the spot here. Like, were are you or were you athletic? Like, does Mika get this from you? Or was this kind of like, oh, okay, I didn't see this coming? <laughs> Well, I grew up dancing, and uh, so that was kind of a given. And then skating and swimming, just thought those were functional skills that she should learn, and she just turned out to be really, really, really good at them, and it, uh, it's landed us here. Okay. Mika, do you like working with, with your teammates and being part of a group like that? Yes, I like it. Or, or do a lot of your friends do these sports with you? What did you say again? Do you have a lot of your friends on, on these teams with you? Yes. Okay, sounds fun. Uh, Jennifer, what, what, is, uh, what is she like as, as a teammate? Is she pretty supportive and a pretty uh, kind of rah-rah type of kid? Yes, yes, she is. She, uh, she really works well with uh, the other players on her teams, and that's what keeps her coming back. I don't think I would be able to move her to a different dance studio or swim club because of the friendships she's made over the past uh, four or five years with these teammates. All right. Mika, did you get to see yourself on TV on Global earlier this week? Yes, I saw myself. What did you think of that? It was pretty awesome. I liked it. All right. Well, I got to tell you, it was awesome to have you on Inside Sports. Thank you for your time. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope that all your sports keep going great for you and that you keep having fun. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank you, and you're welcome. Jennifer, thank you, too. Thank you for having us. Right on. Excellent stuff. Wow, she's a good interview. Mika Boltstein, this week's 630 Chet MVP. She gets Under Armour apparel, courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing. Don't forget, you can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 630Chet.com. All right, that was a fun way to wrap up the week here on Inside Sports. Tomorrow at 12.30, the countdown to kickoff. Then at 2 o'clock, we present the Eskimos and the Blue Bombers. As soon as that game ends, we'll go into Oilers and Red Wings play-by-play. Shouldn't miss any of the hockey game. It starts at 5. Rob and I will have overtime open line after the game and then on Monday we will not have inside sports nor on Tuesday because we have more Oilers games at Washington and then at Tampa Bay. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in. Have a great weekend. Talk to you tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on Friday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.